This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studio in Puerto Aventuros, Mexico, from our well-equipped Dominican Republic facility with Muskoka chairs on a sandy ocean beachfront, and from Peterborough at Lisa's dining room table next to trendy black sticks in a vase. And is brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Four on One, Bodog, and Lender's Choice Mortgages. And now, here are two men who feel if it wasn't today, it would be tomorrow. With the once every four years show, it's the Leaping Humble and Fred. Thank you, Dan. Thank, Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Dan. Well, two lads yeah, leaping. If it wasn't today, it would be tomorrow. Yeah, because it was a year ago, this would be March 1st. Yeah. Uh, we've got know, some I more hope. leap year uh, stuff we're going to get to today. I hope not too many people have car accidents and stuff today because of the leap year. Or fall asleep behind the wheel and all that kind of stuff. You know? yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's very upsetting to people because they're. Mm-hmm. It's like when the clocks change. Is that what you're doing? The clocks change leap year yeah, bit? I, like dig yeah. it. I dig it. We have that debate every year. Yeah. It's a bit, yeah. It's, it's a, a good bit, bit though. Yeah. So, the farmers, it's for mm-hmm. the farmers. Leap year is for the farmers. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> it's good for the farmers. That's right. It's the banks, too. The banks need it. <laughs> yeah, it's the railroads. It's the railroads. I'm sorry, Dan. In your case, you'd be like, it's the stagecoach. It's the stagecoach. <laughs> <laughs> well, look at us just starting off with a hearty laugh. Look at yeah. that. Hey, Canadian. It's just around the corner. It's like uh, the 10th. It's the 10th of March. So we'll, well you're, you're going to be here. I think the, the day before you leave is the day that we spring forward so when i drive you back to the airport because you're gonna actually do you're gonna do the so we're taking a week off everybody because dan's coming here but dan's last day in mexico is our day back and we're gonna do this show together from this location it's gonna be very historic it's gonna be big (laughs) really big what do they say in mexico when they say something's big What, what, what if you had to guess what do you think it would be Grande. There you go. See, you're already speaking Spanish. <laughs> I speak Starbucks and Spanish. That's right. At the same time, yeah. Yes, it's uh, or if you want to say very big, you could say muy grande. Muy, muy, Not mucho, muy. Um, no, okay. mucho doesn't. You be something would. It's it's hard to explain the difference between muy and, and mucho, but I don't want to. I wanted to talk about uh, uh, this leap year thing again. Because uh, okay. we talked about it yesterday, and apparently there's a number associated. Uh, Canadian companies are set to pocket an extra $2 billion today by getting an extra day of work out of their employees. Salaried workers who are technically working for free are losing out on an average of $319 in pay. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, talk about falling into a rabbit hole. Now, apparently, from what I understand, salaried employees through CRA and the Canadian Labor Union and everything, they set a work year based on the extra hours. So it's insignificant over four years. But every four years, it takes into consideration those hours. Right. You follow what I'm saying? Uh, And and, and those on a bi-weekly, the story continues that those on a bi-weekly pay schedule, do you say schedule or schedule? Um, 
I think schedule is his snooty. So I say schedule. I do too. I think when people say yeah. schedule, they're showing off. Yes, they are, Howard. <laughs> those those on a bi-weekly pay schedule are still technically <laughs> working the same numbers of weeks. See, yeah. it's the same number of weeks. It's just an extra day. If you're a renter, apparently you're saving money, too. Yeah. And as we said, if you're an hourly worker, a gig worker, you're okay because you're just you're billing for this these hours today and then tomorrow and you did yesterday, so you're okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a whole lot of nothing, but at the same time rather interesting. <laughs> is it interesting? Yeah, it's interesting. Everything is interesting to us. Uh here's a little clip from uh, one of my favorite uh Sitcoms called Thirty Rock. I'm sorry, it's not loud enough. It's just a clip where uh, they talk. They celebrate Merry Leap Day, and Leap Day William gives out candy to all the staff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so there you go. And another thing, rather tedious, I find, through the leap year, those born on leap year, oh, you're only six years old today, are you? That type of thing when you're actually 20-something, or you're only 10 years old today, are you, when you're 40. Did you get my drift? No, keep going. I love the, I love the act, though. Just keep going. I don't don't think we all, I don't think we got it in the first two examples. So there's kids being born today that, you know. They're going to get sucked into that. But, hey, 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 again. And, and what harm does that do? How, how does that harm anyone? None. 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 <laughs> none. Where, why, um, why does it irritate you? Oh, well, I, listen, oh, I should just, talk. I, I was just going to say, I'm the one to talk. You know. Why? Well, because I'm the one that I'm like you. I'll get irritated by, <laughs> by nonsense. But I like it when right. you get irritated by nonsense so I can pretend I don't. <laughs> it's a fun game. So how how many uh, leap years in were you tired of the whole leap year jokey thing that you're just talking about here about the whole? Uh, uh, probably three or four. When I was a kid, I probably heard it and thought, "Oh, that's interesting." And there's that word again. No, um, no. And then you know, the third or fourth time, it's like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I get it." Yeah, you're you're still you know. <laughs> March so you first. turned into an old man when you're like 20, somewhere in there? You know, Dan, it, it, when you're the kind of comedians that Fred and I, where we try and find, <laughs> when you're at this advanced level of comedy, it, right. it happens early. You know, I, I remember, you know, that's what comedy is, questioning the status quo and finding the little things to pick at. I remember that. I, I remember being a kid and hearing people say, oh, well, you're six years old today. No, you're not. You stupid adults. <laughs> but I, I'm going to come up with something I was going to say to Fred. I think a phrase that we should put on a T-shirt for Humble and Fred is, but where's the harm in that? <laughs> like, like, there's a lot of normal people that just say, hey, um, I, I was born on a leap day or whatever. And now, I'm, even though I'm 56, I'm really only 17 or some shit. I, you know, do your own math. You know, Howard, you touch on something which is so true. I do touch on something. And again, I'm, you don't like to highlight or spotlight yourself, but what you just said, I can relate to. Because from an early age, I did notice stuff like that. Mm. 
And to be honest, a public school, high school, you should see my high school yearbook. You know, people go, oh, uh, you know, have a good life, Fred. You're the funniest guy in school. Or, you know, all they'd write that stuff like, uh, love Fred, very funny man, all that shit. At high school, in my yearbook, and even in public school, I remember that. I used to do oral compositions. And mine were never about, you know, something scientific or something. Mine were usually about life things. Yeah. And uh, so it's true what you say, what you just said there. Well, it was certainly true for me. I was performing from yeah. a very young age. My parents, remember I told you this story? My parents used to drag me out when they would have dinner parties. And I'm being like six, yeah. seven, eight years old. Would drag me out to do, I would because I would do impressions of things I had yeah. seen on TV or people I'd met. And my mom and dad thought it was very funny to get Howie out to perform. My high school yearbook, <laughs> you know the, yeah. the thing... In the, where it says, you know, like in the actual yearbook, it's printed like, you know, who you were and what you might be, you know, likely to succeed yes. or not. My, yes. my, my actual yearbook quote says, Howard can talk his way into and out of anything. So mm-hmm. the point being yes. that I've, I've been performing, as you have, in some manner or fashion for most of my, the, the time that I can remember. Did anybody sign your yearbook? They did. Yes, they did signed they my yearbook. Same thing they wrote. They actually, actually, they said, uh, yes, Fred's very funny. <laughs> 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 you see what I did there, Dan? That's a little comedy right there. I just got it. Yeah, some comedy for you. Oh, yeah, it was weird. My, 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 um, my yearbook was filled with quotes about Fred, strangely enough. <laughs> you know, um, it can become tedious when you see a joke and everything, especially for those closest to you sometimes. When you see a joke and everything, it's like, oh, okay, enough. But I, I do. Like, don't, and you do too. I know you do. Like, every minute of every day when it's just, it's what gets me through. You know, sometimes when I'm with normal people and yeah. I know that they're not open to my hilarious, <laughs> hilarious and sometimes <laughs> off color. Self acclaimed. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's right. I am self-acclaimed hilarious. hilarious. Well, no, you know, let me just pause that for a second because you also said something interesting, interesting, interesting. You said something <laughs> when you say, "Well, you don't like to talk about yourselves," but let's just pause if we can. Dan, right. you've known me since I was eighteen years old. I've known Fred since I was twenty-nine years old. Fred has made me laugh almost every single day that I've known him. I've made Fred laugh. Almost every single day. We make each other laugh. But Fred's not the only one I make laugh. Since I was a kid, you know, in my high school, I I emceed the, the, you know, the the talent things at Christmas at the radio station, Moose Jaw. I did stand-up for the first time at a staff party. I've been doing this a long time. And for us to say that, you know, we're funny is not a, it's not an opinion anymore. You know, there's some facts to back it up. We, We have both... Together and, 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 and apart made people laugh a long time, is what I want to say. So there, Dan. And, and I, want you, and I, you I know, defy you to challenge that. You know, and that was my gateway from sportscasting to co-hosting or sidekicking a morning show. Sidekicking. Was, no, really. It was Absolutely. My sense of humor. Because you would step outside, I would step outside the sports and sit there at the table <laughs> with Pete and Geets or Steve Anthony, whoever, the host of people before you. And say things that people found funny or amusing. So that's that's how I became what I became. Yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, yeah. 
There's nothing less funny than talking about how funny you are. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> it really does come with a price. Dan, do you not, would you not say, I mean, again, I know, Dan, you barely remember knowing me. And, and I don't know mm. when your mm. consciousness uh, comes to uh, when you remember meeting Fred. But <laughs> would you not say that, for the most part, I've made you laugh for a very long time? I'd say that for sure. Well, then I why don't you know. say it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is Nothing holding funnier you back? about talking about how funny you are? Is that? <laughs> no, <laughs> but you, you talking that? about how funny we are is much different. <laughs> okay. Let me interject here. How often would you like Dan to um, tell you that you make him laugh? How about this? While we're having okay. this discussion, some supporting uh, argument would be uh, welcome. How often? Yeah, but Every so often. Yeah, but see, Dan's one of the guys where I use the word tedious. Dan is often and sometimes unfairly the brunt of our shots and jabs and jokes. So Jibes. it becomes tedious. It becomes tedious, right, Dan? Don't tell me you don't sit there some days and go, "Oh fuck, guys, really enough." <laughs> like That's now, like right now. <laughs> That's when the new uh, sound effect comes into mm. effect right there at that moment. <laughs> and Dan's like, what do you mean? That's the tedious point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Changing the subject. Uh, that's You can tell that's the tedious threshold right there. Anyway, uh, but that, I've, I've enjoyed hanging out with both of you guys. You make me laugh since yeah, the yeah. beginning of me meeting you guys. So that's why. So what I thank you, Dan. I pre- Could you just say that every 13 days? So uh, right, okay. I, well, when I, to, to your original point about it can be tedious for other people. I have to check myself because when I'm with people, as I often am on the golf course, as I was yesterday, with just sort of nice, kind, normal people with normal little bits and funny senses of humor. Right. Yes. I have to, I have to, you know, sort of tailor whatever I'm going to say to those people. And, then, and that's one of the reasons if I might get emotional, that I love working uh, with you is because I don't have to temper what I'm going to say. I mean, I know, I know sometimes you'd like me to, but that's why uh, it, it's so much fun because I know I could say pretty much anything. Right. And you won't make a face that some people make when I do. <laughs> that, like, what the fuck are you saying? No. For the most part. I like it's nothing fun. makes me happier than surprising you with something. Well, same here. I'll think of something and I'll think generally, is this that funny or should I bring this up? But I think, no, I got to bring it up to Howard because I know he will have something to say about it. He won't block it. He won't shut it down. He'll go with it and think <laughs> of something even stupider. So, yeah. uh, it's true. You know, the thing is, too, and I think you score better than me. Um what I think I have to realize sometimes is that everything I think is funny isn't necessarily funny. So I often think, you know, what what am I batting? Like 750, 700 on what comes out of my mouth. And I think you, obviously, being a stand-up comic, have a better average than me. But then I got to think, you know, some, if I'm batting 700, three, you know, 30% of the time, people want me to leave the room. <laughs> Well, I can tell you right now in that in that particular um, category, I'm there's a lot. It's a lot more than 30 percent. I'd say, oh, it's only 30 percent of the time people aren't asking, when is he going to fucking leave? (laughs) See, there was two things. There was several things said this week. One of them by you. 
It was, and uh, this I, we were going to do this as an email, but it um, we just got too many. This was from, and, and this was from our regular contributor, Mike Hannafin, former CFNY staff guy, and a really good guy. Right. One of the things you said that he said made him spit milk through his nose was when we were talking about the Robinsons of Brampton. No, Peterborough. Peterborough. Sorry. Right. When Dan was talking about the Robinsons. And I don't remember the story. Was there's a what was the actual initial concept, Dan? A guy that uh, well, there's so many Robinsons around, and they have to you know get fingerprinted and stuff like that too because you know, there's some bad Robinsons. <laughs> and then Fred said, "I bet you they all have the same mom." No, <clears throat> what happened? Dan said he knew four guys with the same name, right, in Peterborough. You know. And I said, yeah, I bet you they all have the same mother. Which was, in the moment, so funny is in very, the very funny. Well, in again, the nothing moment. is less funny than talking about things that were funny. <laughs> and, and, and so there was a moment, like, and that surprised me. And it, and, and it was because that's what great comedy is. It's a surprise. It's a little, and it made us laugh. The one that, the one that I, I thought I was very proud of. Yeah. And, and it's funny because I'd forgotten the one from yesterday that our friend Pete Cuno reminded me of. But the one that I, we were talking about, I can't remember if it was this week, when we were talking about, have you ever had sex in a car? And I just, oh, yes. and I just yes. said, well, I once uh, jerked off on the way home from Barry. <laughs> and, uh, yes. I could just tell, because it was so ridiculous. And to say it out, it? pardon me, and, and again, or maybe. was it? Maybe. Hey, there's truth in jest. <laughs> but it's just the look on your faces and the surprise of it. Because you're not, mm-hmm. you know, you're not maybe expecting a grownish man approaching his senior years to say something like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is all a good segue to talk about the death of Richard Lewis, another very funny man. It's a great segue. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, we're talking top tier comic here. I was sad yesterday when I saw the news. Yeah, I me too. And it was for you. Yeah. Dan, are you uh, were you aware of Richard Lewis back in the you know days of the '80s talk shows and '90s? He was on Letterman all the time and Carson when there was a Carson show. Yeah, I saw him a few times, and he, he wasn't one of the, the comedians I gravitated to. And I saw you know I saw him on uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm a yeah. few times there. Yeah. Well, well, we'll get to that because uh, it's, certainly certainly knew who he was, but you know not my cup of tea necessarily. But he was you know why too Jewish? Is that what it was? <laughs> <laughs> was it? Was yeah. that too Jewy? Yeah, because he was pretty. But Dan, he was pretty Jewy. Yeah, he was a Jew forward. He was yeah. very much. But mm-hmm. I understand that because his style of humor was almost curb your enthusiasm style. Like yes, sort of major. It was sort of a bit frenetic and a bit awkward and a bit. You know, <clears throat> it, he was a challenge. It, I liked him. I really did. But I can see how some people felt a bit uncomfortable watching him it was just the way he was yeah well there i will tell you as a stand-up i admired him a lot i used to love him and there was a group of guys that came out of that area of new york long island that sort of uh, and, and a lot of them sounded a little bit like richard lewis was paul riser mm-hmm. a guy named larry miller right. obviously seinfeld they all sort of have a similar great neck Long Island accent, but Richard was one of the first guys. He's a little older than those guys. He passed away at age 76, and I think the rest of those guys I mentioned are probably in their late 60s. But Richard Lewis 
was as you where you well well described very frenetic his whole thing was you know something something from hell and uh, yeah. his act was hard it's hard to kind of say oh this is a great richard lewis joke but as you said fred it was a little bit uncomfortable mm-hmm. he always talked about his mental health yeah you told me something yeah. i did not know about him before the show though well, just reading the stuff yesterday, you know, and of course the accolades are pouring in from the, from the, obviously the the comedy community, but all facets. And I learned that um, Billy Joel, my life, he wrote about Richard Lewis, and I never knew that. And, and, and it makes sense because the line in the song is, "I got a call from an old friend. We used to be real close." Uh, something, something. Now he gives them a stand-up routine in L.A. And I was like, oh, well, that's really yeah. cool that that's about Richard Lewis. Bought a ticket to the West Coast. Now he gives them stand-up in L.A. Yeah. Yeah, yeah very interesting. Wow. I had no idea. Yeah, me neither. And we've been playing, I listen, that 52nd Street album. Here we go. 1979. Yeah, 52nd Street is that album. Man, there's a lot of good songs on that album. We would have played those, Dan, at CHAB and Moose Jaw. The Power of Music, fellas. I was never, ever big on that song, but I will always hear it in a different way now. Yeah? Hmm. Seriously, I, I, to me, that song was just a little too bouncy, a little too poppy for me, for whatever reason. Again, subjective. But now, when I hear that song... I'll hear it much differently. Well, you give me it, it gave me some shivers there when these talented people can acknowledge each other that way. It's amazing. Well, it's it, amazing. it goes to uh, uh, what I think about a lot, which is everything in context. Mm-hmm. And when you give something context, it can change, as you say, it can change the way you think about it because yeah, it it makes it feel different. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I don't have I, I, I Larry David and he were very, very close. In fact, they were born at the same hospital a few days apart. Uh, Here's his. Larry David pays tribute to Richard Lewis. It was like a brother to me. He said, the funniest person, also the sweetest person. And there's a great line in it. It says, uh, Richard and I Mm -hmm. were born three days apart in the same hospital. And for most of my life, he's been a brother, like a brother to me. He had that rare combination of being the funniest person and also the sweetest. But today... This is the quote. Today he made me sob, and for that I'll never forgive him. Oh, that's great. Yeah. He died of a heart attack, by the way. Mm-hmm. He's been fighting yeah. Parkinson's for uh, some right. time. He, I for, I'd forgotten that he and Jamie Lee Curtis were in a sitcom together. Mm-hmm. Years ago, I think called anything but love. Right, like Richard in his time, man. He was a good-looking dude with his big hair and funny, and he had a lot of, you know, I say a lot of. He had some sobriety issues. Yeah, yeah, he, uh, yeah, <laughs> again, seventy-six. 
And I guess it was a sudden massive heart attack. Yeah. Uh, what it sounds like. And again, getting those calls. And none of us have suffered the loss of a best friend yet. Or like, you know. Well, I, I, I thought I'd lo- I thought I'd lost Dan years ago, but then I found him. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> no, but I, I'm just thinking like Larry David. And right, a lifelong today. Friend. It just must feel so shitty, right? Yeah, I had something in my 20s. A friend of mine, I'd only known him at that mm-hmm. point, probably eight years, but it was pretty weird. I've, but not somebody I've known, and he died. Uh, not somebody I've known my entire life. So this was really yeah. strange. And this this is now all over the Internet. But and we've talked about Curb Your Enthusiasm season 12. I, I sort of started watching the first episode. And it was kind of and we talked about how they it kind of might make you feel awkward and aggravated, whatever. But then I've kind of sort of kept watching it for something to do and got to episode three. And I think I watched it just a few days ago. And it's a pretty cool episode because it's all about golf, Dan. And what happens in the episode is that Larry overhears a lesson and, ta- and and he steals the secret that the guy is teaching and he steals it and then he goes off and he uses it himself. And then the part of the bit is the teacher's like, hey, Larry, you can't just sit around and get these lessons for free. Anyway, so here's uh, Larry and, and then all. So Larry and, and Richard are playing golf. And uh, Larry's sort of talking about this, uh, how happy this this tip has made him. What kind of tips? Vertical drop. Yeah. Horizontal tug. Horizontal tug. Vertical drop. Horizontal tug. Now, I've dropped before, yeah. but I've never tugged. And now I'm tugging. Maybe I should tug. You got to tug. Can you teach me how to tug? I'll teach you how to tug. This is fantastic. Can I tell you something? Sure. I think this is the happiest I've ever been in my life. I don't even know who I'm looking at right now. How is something good happening to me? No one on the planet would believe that you're happy. How is this possible? Well, I have better news for you. I'm leaving you in my will. I'm tweaking it, and you're in it. No, no, no. Don't, don't do that. It's done. You're in. I don't want to be in it. Got, I have money. I don't need it. Give it to someone who needs it. When I die, I want you to know how much I care about. You. I'm not going to keep it. I'm going to give it to charity. You're my best friend. You're getting it. No. I'm making a Sherman-esque statement about the will right now. I'm sick of your historical references. If nominated, I will not run. If bequeathed, I will not accept. Well, I'm bequeathing. Well, I'm not accepting. Well, you'll have to accept. Don't give it to me. Don't hurt my feelings. I'm not going to keep a penny of it. You're hurting me. Thank you, but I don't want it. I'm giving it to you anyway, pal. Oh, my God. Fuck you. <laughs> um, and, and for me... As a man of the Hebraic, that is such a quintessential Jewish exchange to me. You're, how much of that was? How much of that was written? Do you think? Oh, I don't know, man. I the just concept know. was probably yeah. put on paper, and <laughs> but they just went. With it. He says, "You're you're hurting me." Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> so in that in that clip, he says, "So that he's so what Larry had had observed is this golf teacher." Telling a student that you it's that when you swing it's a it's a vertical drop the club vertically drops and then you tug it toward the ball the horizontal the vertical drop horizontal tug and where the, it's so the, again the golf internet got all excited this was last week because that is an actual quote from Canadian golf legend Mo Norman so yeah. the guys that wrote that episode or Larry or whoever they t- they took that from Mo Norman. So everyone was like, oh, that's cool. And then, of course, that scene where Richard Lewis is talking about leaving Larry money in his will. And then, of course, yeah, the next crazy. week, he passes away. Yeah. Wow. That is funny, too. Larry overhearing 
<laughs> that's right. Some that somebody else was obviously paying for. That's right. <laughs> stealing, steal, stealing the tip. And that, and that runs through the entire episode. It's really funny. Right. Have you ever been a, in a position? Have you ever paid for a sort of guided tour through a town or something and walked with a group of people and they're telling you all about it? And then you'll see somebody just sort of walk over and stand on the peripheral and sort of lean in to hear what you paid for? No, I haven't. Have you? <laughs> oh, I, I have, yeah, yes. I have. Have yeah. you been that guy? <laughs> yes, I've been that guy. <laughs> oh. But it's okay. it's okay when I do it. No, of course yeah, it is. When, last time Dahl and I were in New Orleans, we had this walking tour through this neighborhood. And a couple of people did that. And they, you know, and they try and pretend that they're not doing that, but you know exactly what they're doing. And I'm thinking, holy fuck, man. It's 40 bucks. Spread your cheeks. <laughs> That's right. But, anyway. but when you do it, it's fine. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there's a reason that I do it. That's right. You know, I got to go somewhere else. Through, so. <laughs> yeah. Research. You got to do some yeah. research. Yeah. Isn't that one of the greatest things about human nature is when you see somebody do something. Yes. That you know you would do, but you get right. mad at them for doing it. Yes. Like, you know, somebody comes in in traffic and whatever manner yeah. and you're like fucking and then you're like oh wait a second I do that all the time <laughs> I do that it's okay buddy we're both the same oh uh, so true anyway kind of a drag and, and 76 uh, isn't very old anymore although we we keep saying that it's uh, 8 years older than you it's 12 years older than me it's 10 years younger than Dan for me it's like imminent almost you know, quickly, eight years goes by. What was eight years ago? What was that? Uh, 16? 2016? My God, that's when... Uh, we opened our studio, studio, yeah. We opened our... yesterday. Uh, eight, it was eight and a half years ago. We opened yeah. the Humble and Fred Studios on the Queensway, international home to Humble and Fred Productions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dan, what was so eight years ago for yeah. you? Eight years ago, I think. Like in 2016, uh, were you doing weather or were you doing the morning show in Peterborough? Uh, it was right around the, the, the changeover time there. So 16. Yeah, no, I think I was still doing the morning show. So 9, 10. No, I wasn't. It was, it was right. It was the year between the two. The, before I did the. Before you the, did the, TV the weather, weather? Right after I got out of the radio. Yeah. That gap year. So yeah, it's, it's not that long ago. It doesn't seem like it when That's you look why. at things like that. So it's a good a good point to uh, you know value the time that you do have and use it uh, use it. To, well, it's like you, know, you say, enjoy true. every Precious commodity that exactly. it is. Exactly, right? enjoy every yeah. goddamn day. Mm-hmm. It's true. You know, yeah, you gotta well, learn to say yes a lot more than no. Like, yeah, uh, I don't feel like it. Well, maybe I should. Yes, I will do that. Yeah. Yes. Or, no, and also know, learn to say, also learn to say no to things you don't want to do. It's That's like, true as well. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, do you want to come to this dinner party? No, I do not. <laughs> I, and I have not wanted to for a long time. I got a little uh, melancholy in the middle of the night last night. Right. I woke up. I had another, you know, I have very lucid dreams. I think I dream more. Not to get too heavy. Since I stopped drinking, I definitely dr- I definitely remember more of these dreams. And what was melancholy is I was at this big celebration, and 
somehow or another there was a, a something to do with the tragically hip and all the surviving members were putting out some kind of anniversary release and we were all there fred and i and some radio people and uh, i don't know somehow i got into some other party and through the the din i could hear this music being played and it was a tragically hip music and then i realized that fred's been asked to come up and sing <laughs> this is true right uh-huh. and why i got melancholy is because all of a sudden in the dream you were saying so well that you would they asked you to replace gord downey as the lead singer for the tragically hip wow. <laughs> because people were so blown away mm-hmm. by the strength of your voice your angelic tone that right. I think it was whatever the second song. So you came up and it was a bit of a novelty. Everyone's like, hey, let's get Fred up here. And then somewhere during the song, the hip all looked to each other like, that's our guy. Like, you know, this aging hipster Colonel Sanders is our new. And then I got all sad thinking, well, that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> and then I woke up. Because I took the offer. Because you took the gig with the tragically hip man. Fred's the new gourd. Exactly. Anyway, yeah, it, it's crazy how this stuff unfolds on the show without us talking about it. I sat on this terrace yesterday and told Doug about a dream that I had the night before last, and I was going to talk about it on the show yesterday. It never happened. And here's my dream. I get a call. I'm at home. I get a call from Chorus Radio or Chorus Entertainment, the edge to be exact. They said, we hear you know how to drive a boat. And I said, yeah, I know how to drive a boat. And they said, oh, here's the thing. We've bought this big boat for promotion, and we want to run it around Lake Ontario. Would you be into the job of driving it? And I said, sure, I'll do that. Yeah, so this is what. So I go down there and they show me the boat. It's beautiful, and they launch it there at Sugar Beach, and I get on the boat and I'm driving it around, and it's the first day. And this is one of those frustrating dreams. So then I'm driving it out on Lake Ontario, and I'm listening to the announcer, and I don't even know who it was. Then they throw to me for the first report from the lake, and then I thought nobody told me where the microphone is, nobody told me where the switches are. So for the next whatever in my dream it was the frustration of the disc jockey throwing to me on this boat to do a marine report or a a report from the lake and i couldn't turn the thing on (laughs) well what's that all about (laughs) you know through the magic of uh production we can make all of this make sense for both of us all right, it's uh, 102.1 The Edge. It's uh, six minutes after 8 o'clock in the morning, 17 degrees today. Now we're going out to the lake with our marine reporter. You see the hips playing. I'm the disc jockey. I throw to you. Here's Freddie P. with this afternoon's report from the water. Hello. Fred, are you there? <laughs> anyway, yeah. we've all that was great. Um, That's a little Dan. Those, we did a little skit there. That was a bit. That was a little bit of a skit. Little sketch, little sketch comedy. Sketch comedy. Yeah. yeah, Fred. Fred piped in there with the you know knocking. Yeah, the, the whole thing. That was a sketch. Yeah. you know the, the announcer, we, or the yeah. Marine report. Yeah, we all yeah. have those dreams, right? I'm sure you've had those dreams where you're in a dream and you just can't seem to do something. That's that. 
And, and what prompted that? I don't know. Me and Doug were probably talking about boats and driving because we were in boats all our lives together. Then radio and whatever. That that was my dream. Well, I have no idea what would prompt me thinking thinking mm-hmm. that you were uh, joining the Tragically Hip as their new lead singer, but there it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan Duran's going to come back in about a half hour's time. We've got a Thursday email show all lined up. It's going to be very interesting as usual. There is actually some uh, different names today. I think we're looking forward to uh, hearing from some new people. In the meantime, Fred, let's hear from these people. Uh, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. 32,000 Canadian businesses part of this. Take the time today. Go to chamberplan.ca. You can get a free quote. Uh, again, spend some time on the website to find out exactly what it is, what they have to offer. And then, uh, again, you can engage with them and get more information on what it will cost your small business to be part of it, uh, that you can buy in at different levels. There's prescriptions and dental and all sorts of therapies and HR component. Uh, they have a men- mental health uh, helpline. Yeah, it's all there. Uh, travel insurance as well. Uh, they've been around 40 years. As I say, 32,000 Canadian businesses are part of this. I mean, there, right there tells you how successful it's been for small business. Your employees will love you for it. Uh, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan. Go to chamberplan.ca. You know, you were talking about not ever really liking My Life by Billy Joel. When I first started in radio, I worked at a top 40 radio station. And so Mm -hmm. what that means for people who don't remember is that the songs, the top 40 songs, were played over and over again in rotation. Mm -hmm. Sometimes if you did a six-hour shift, you'd hear this song two, maybe even three times, depending on who played it before you. Mm-hmm. And I and I like you. There's lots of other songs on this album that I liked better. Oh yeah. But uh, let's give it a spin one more time. While we're talking about boron, we don't mean to go on and bore you, but you know we were talking a lot this week about this uh, moon landing, moon vehicle that's trying to establish a base. Part of what boron is in is space travel, communication satellites specialty metals, battery technology, and more. Human beings cannot survive without the element boron. The problem with it is it's very difficult to get out of the ground. Boron One is on the verge of doing that. Boron1.com is where you find out more about this company. And as we've mentioned this week, there's been lots of boron uh, news that has been anything but. So check it out as this company starts to get their ducks in a row, whatever that means. And uh, could be on the precipice of taking boron out of the ground in the next couple of years. Now's the time to look at it. Have our Sherpa, have your Sherpa. Take a look at this company and find out if this is a uh, stock play for you. And as always, we make no claims about what a stock price could or couldn't do. But what we can tell you is that they support us. We appreciate you at least taking a look at them at boron1.com. Howard, I was, um, before we move on about podcasting and ads, uh, advertisements, I was reading an article the other day, and uh, they did a poll of podcast listeners, and roughly 80% what they like about podcasts is the host reading the commercial, as opposed to produced commercials. And I thought that's interesting, because we've always done it, and it just seems... 
a neat way to go. It helps with the flow of the show. You're not like going away for this block of commercials. And that's one of the more redeeming factors of a podcast for people is live reads. And part of the reason I say that, a lot of these high-profile podcasts are getting into actual produced commercials now, which I think is uh, obviously not the, the way to go. I find that fascinating because we did it at the mm-hmm. beginning. We did it because we yep. only had a couple of clients and mm-hmm. we didn't have produced commercials. Although nowadays we've had a couple of produced commercials and right. a commitment from Bodog. That's why if mm-hmm. you're a listener to our show, you're wondering why we run that because our commitment is mm-hmm. one live read that Freddie does yeah. and one produced one. Having said that, I've been listening to a lot of smart lists down here, catching up on shows. I like the show. It's, it's good for me. It's about a 45-minute ride around this area, so it's, mm-hmm. I can listen to it. They's, what they've done, I don't know if you've mm-hmm. noticed this, is rather than all three of them doing the live reads, they go away, and okay. just yeah. Sean's doing them these days. Mostly Sean. Mm-hmm. But it's not part of the flow of the show, but it is the host reading it. Yes. I mean, I, you know, we could if we wanted to record ourselves doing it but then what's the point well yeah there is no point and i think part of the reason people like the library it's because they're different every day if they're in you know if they're recorded it's the same read right and i guess maybe that would get monotonous for people does rogan read his own ads i haven't heard i don't know i can't bring myself to listen to him yeah, I don't. I haven't heard much of his show. I just hear no. little clips of it, but I haven't actually sat down and listened to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, part he of our says, pro- he says so many stupid and yeah. wrong things. I can't take it. And it's a lot. It's a lot to take yeah. in. One of the uh, features of our program, and has been for some time, is we like to respond to listener email. This goes back like to the edge years, but uh, here on the podcast, a lot of Hundy P's and Hundy P wannabes. Uh, often uh, send us notes Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com And it's Thursday, Freddy So let's get it going Okay, uh, this is from Brad Hopper The uh, subject matter Sticker in the dicker guy Hi guys Hi guys I'm going to preface this by saying I by no means think or expect This will make the broadcast on the show Well, it has but what the F? The Texan uh, pencil dick uh, reverser guy <laughs> was cringeworthy. He would not shut up for you guys. It was super annoying talking about his entire life bibliography in one run, one sentence, uh, one run on sentence. I know your professionalism will take over and you'd never criticize a guest publicly. But man, I so wish I could have seen the uh, messages being sent back and forth between Howie and Frederick while the rambling sausage filler was in his 20 minute, <laughs> 20 minute breathless speech. I actually felt bad for how awkward of a guest he was and how little he knew about the components of a conversation hinging around two sides. Anyway, keep on, uh, keep it on and maybe give Boone some shit for sending you that guy. Yeah, we will. Yeah. It's his idea. <laughs> um, you know, that's, what was curious about that is, I, is it, that people think you and I are messaging back and forth during the show. What we, we do one... We don't actually, although the odd time you'll message me about a commercial that we forgot. Uh, but what we do do, if you've ever watched us on Facebook, is if I want Fred to, to 
cut somebody or we want to cut somebody off, I'll point. Right. It's a yes. very subtle thing, and it's sort of between us. But I'll just point at Fred and go, "Okay, we, you need to, you need to get in here. We need to cut this yeah. guy off a bit." Yeah. I don't know. The dick guy was okay. I mean, yeah, he wasn't the greatest guest, but the information was in, you know, interesting. Well, you know, and a lot of some people in his position are some sometimes schooled by media people. Like if you're going to be talking about this thing to people all over the country, here's a thing, a few things you should know. And part of that is short, concise, informative answers as opposed to run on because it just has more impact when you do it the other way. Um, Obviously, he hasn't been schooled yet. No, but again, the, the topic was yeah. uh, of interest right. to a lot of people. All right, moving on. Hi this guys. is from... Hi guys. Wait a minute. Hi Heart guys. rate elevated as I'm heading to work. Okay, Bowel sorry. movements. Yep. Okay. That's from Brad Harper. Go All ahead. right, Brad. Good. Hi, guys. This is from Hi Richard guys. Jackson. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. The subject line, hi, guys. Of course, he starts it with, hi, guys. Hi, guys. He says, I'm curious... Since the hipster Colonel Sanders is having his best meal every every day, his best meal ever, sorry, is having his best meal ever daily in the Dominican, could he possibly be suffering from cuisine Alzheimer's? <laughs> I never even heard of that, but maybe you are. Are you? Because it does seem like you're, every day you report you're having the best meal ever. No, that's not true. Okay. I said the best sushi I've ever had. Yeah. was here then i said the best chinese i've ever had here was here i wasn't saying the best meal all right i was i was actually there was distinction between the cuisine i'll tell you right now i had one of the worst meals i've ever had last night i was i didn't get to the grocery store and it got late in the afternoon i was kind of tired it was super hot and i was just like okay i'm gonna go get something from a place i have not gone to before and i had chicken wings and a caesar salad yeah and they were terrible yeah. Um, Richard Jackson says on the topic of mental illness, that seems to be the last major issue you don't have covered by your sponsors. Assuming you strike a deal with the funeral home owner you had on recently. Mm-hmm. Well, we kind of cover mental illness, don't we, in the chamber plan? Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. They have that component. In fact, it's a very good one. Yeah. Uh, Richard goes on to say, Howard, uh, going back, uh, going back, humble, you're struggling with your Christmas turkey. One possible solution is to get a meter probe. Thank you, Richard. I've heard of those. You just stick it in there and it tells you the temperature. One last thing for Fred. He says, come join Mr. Brio in Orangeville. We'd love to have you because I guess that's where Richard lives. Okay. So you're already being welcomed into your new community. Resting heart rate, 72, says Richard. And I, and as for BMs. I'd give myself an 82. Well, thank you very much. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Subject line, John Stewart and Dipper. This is from Greg Shawati. And he says, hi, guys. Everyone hi, guys. Has a, oh, I'm sorry. Yes, hi, guys. I pause. Every one of us <laughs> has a dipper in our lives. And it's so true. I watched this and I was choked up. In fact, I was watching it last night. Delise came in and I sort of had to roll over because I was choked up and I didn't. I don't know why, but didn't want her to see that I was crying. And I just thought, what a weird world we live in. I read about Richard Lewis. Not a tear, not a choke up. A goddamn dog I've never heard of before has me, turns me into a blubbering idiot. 
Well, stay with me. I, I had this two. I saw this two days ago because this is from his Monday show. Yeah. And when you sent me this last night, I responded. I had it ready for us to talk about. I had the clip ready yesterday. Right. And uh, it's just what, what made me choke up is not only is the story of a dog dying, mm-hmm. but what, when we're going to play a clip of it. But it's also how Jon Stewart can't get through the first mm-hmm. couple of seconds, even setting, a, even setting this up. A little bit of a story. Um, about 12 years ago, maybe 13 years ago, uh, my kids wanted to raise a little money for an animal shelter uh, down in, in New York City. It's an in- incredible animal haven is the name of it. They do incredible work. It's a no-kill shelter for uh, cats and dogs. And uh, so, yeah, they, please, they're, they're amazing. So they were little, I mean, six, seven years old. So we uh, uh, baked a couple of cupcakes and uh, rolled on down to Animal Haven and set up a little uh, table right outside and, and put the cupcakes out. And as a little extra incentive, uh, they brought out this one-ish year old brindle pit bull uh, who... Uh, Hit, hit, hit by a car in Brooklyn and lost his right leg. I thought I'd get further. Um, so it was a perfect idea. They put the dog in my lap and uh, we left that day feeling really good that we'd helped this great organization. And we also left with this this one-ish year old brindle pit bull. We called him Dipper. And uh, in a world of good boys, he was the best. That's the line that got me. In a world of good boys, he was the best. So there you go. I started tearing up watching it now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I know. Yeah, that line got me. Because how often do you say he's a good boy? He's a good boy. It's crazy what they do to you, those animals. And and you set it up perfectly for what I'm about to play now. Mm -hmm. Because I read about Richard Lewis, and I've loved Richard Lewis my whole stand-up comedy life, and not one part Mm -hmm. of it made me cry. And, and, And yet watching this clip again, I've seen the clip now a couple of times. Yeah, it, it makes you tear up again, and you may not <laughs> go ahead. No, and I was gonna because I said that to Doug uh, this morning, and I said it's funny Richard Lewis doesn't have any emotion to me, but this dog, and actually the dog was older than Richard Lewis when you want to figure in dog years. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. So and, it wasn't like oh the old guy died, oh the poor dog. The dog yeah. was old. <laughs> I've played this clip for you before, and it perfectly encapsulates. What we're talking about. That's how I know you go a little bit too far with your dogs. <laughs> Two years ago, my father passed away from cancer. He, uh, he died of cancer uh, two years ago. And after he died, um, my mother said, Shh, should we tell the dog? <laughs> so my mother leaned down to my dad's dog and said, look, I just want to let you know that Danny passed away two nights ago. After hearing that news, my dad's dog of 15 years climbed up into my father's favorite chair and passed away. Not one of you gave a f- about my dad. 
<laughs> Not one of you give a about the man that raised me. But the second I mentioned a dog died, that I made up, <laughs> your hearts were broken. You and isn't that, and if you, I've listened to that clip a bunch of times. When he says his dad dies, there's absolutely no reaction. Yeah. And then when he says the dog went into my father's chair and, and, and died, everyone's going, aw. Uh. <laughs> and he says that. Uh, you, he says, mm-hmm. yeah, I told you my dad died. And you could hear a pin drop. Mm-hmm. Anyway. What is it, man? Like, like, I know what it is, but how do you definitively, definitively de- uh, describe what that is that dogs do to you? It's, it's something. Well, I don't, maybe it's the nature of how just pure. Yeah, you, how pure they are. I mean, you know, I've spent, uh, I got Stan. Stan's birthday will be coming up in March. He'll be 12 years old. I was actually at the trailer visiting you the weekend we got mm-hmm. Stan in May of, late May of uh, 20, what's 12 here? I'm sorry, uh, mm-hmm. 2002. That's not long after you got Lady Friend. No, it was, at, it was with Lady Friend. Yeah, I picked up Lady Friend at a shelter. <laughs> okay. So well, Lady Friend, who is, whose parents lived in Omimi, so I was visiting you guys. I went and got her, and we picked up Stan. The reason I mention it is because we're talking about dogs, but I have spent more time with Stan through Lady Friend, not Lady yeah. Friend, Rachel, yeah. not yeah. Rachel, not kids living with all that stuff. So no, mm-hmm. I have spent more time with him in the last 12 years than I've spent with anything. And I promise you, when that boy goes, that is going to oh. be a tough couple of days for the how man. Of course. Yeah. Awful. Listen, it'll be a tough for, it'll be tough on you. You've, Stan came to our, sh- when we started mm-hmm. the show, mm-hmm. we started in 2011, Stan started coming to the office with me Mm-hmm. You know, that's the tw- summer of 2012. He came every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he farted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bad. Oh, yeah. Well, Howard, look at Dan's Clifford. He oh, was yeah. my friend. He was my summer friend. Like, he, we just hung out together all summer long. Everywhere I went, he went. He was on my deck all the time. He was at my feet all the time. I love that dog desperately as i do stan but the time i spent with clifford and then last summer he's not there it was weird it really was weird you were closer with Stafford, uh, clifford than you were with stan and with dan um okay let's move yeah, on mm-hmm. less that way less aggravating <laughs> uh i can't remember did you read that or did you, yeah, that was yours okay Hi, so i gotta read one here Hi, all right Hi, let me find one um this is from David Dorosky. He says, hi, Humble and Fred. But of course, he means hi, guys. Hi, guys. I agree with you that season 12, subject line, curb your enthusiasm. I agree with you that season 12 started kind of bland, but you got to love episode three. It was a beauty. And then we just played the clip. Besides laughing my balls off, it included a nice, subtle Canadian reference, which I, I apologize, David, I already mentioned. The uh, Mo Norman vertical drop horizontal tug. He uh, continues, your show continues to be awesome. 
the banter and nonsense is contagious. He signs it simply Dave from Niagara, then in a golf, you know, golf emoji, golfer emoji, and he includes his cell phone. <laughs> no, I'm not. Are we supposed to? Are we supposed to give that out on the air, or just do we keep that to ourselves? <laughs> so. In case you want to call him and go golfing with him or something. <laughs> That's right. Um, if you want to give Dave a call and go golfing, it's 905. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, thank you, Dave. Appreciate it. Five, five, five. Five, five, five. Thank you, Dave. Hi, Appreciate guys. it. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. come broke down. <laughs> Subject line, hello, neighbor. This is Fiona at H2O Bath. And she says, hi, guys. Hi, guys. You might not remember me, but I used to work in the Hal Blackadar or the hallowed halls. And then she does a play on Hal Blackadar, our general manager at the time. Uh, Hi, atop Young and Dundas. I used to work there with you guys. And I have only just today been informed you two are in the immediate vicinity of where I work and are my neighbors. Just reaching out to say hello. I trust you are keeping well. Lovely to know you're going strong, doing what you two do best. And should you need anything for your kitchen or bathroom, let me know. And I will be happy to improve the quality of your life and situation. Feel free to drop by and visit and say hello. Fiona Wilson, H2O Bath and Plumbing Supplies on Kipling Avenue. Hello, Fiona. I remember Fiona. Yes, very, very lovely, Fiona. Thank you for... uh Checking in with the boys. Always appreciate it. Well, that's good for you if you, you know, want to update the pad. Hmm? Well, let's see if that's in the budget. You know, mm-hmm. we're still dealing with this flood. Oh, right. Just getting the uh, carpet not, put back they, in there. Oh, okay. Boy, that's been a long process. Long eh? process, my friend. But thank you, Fiona. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. This is from Ian Cass. Subject line, negative versus minus. Obviously says that. Regarding the minus versus negative discussion today, with respect to the temperature, it made me think of Americans who use the term below. It's 20 below out there, meaning 20 below zero Fahrenheit. I've never heard them say minus or negative, probably because they're referring to the zero and not the freezing point that we do. I will say one thing about our friends to the South. They don't mix their systems like us. They're all in with imperial measurements. Canadians are not committed to one or the other. I drive 115 in a 100 kilometer an hour zone, but I'm 5 foot 10 in height. It could be 36 degrees with the humidex, but my pool is 85 degrees. It makes a good point. I shoveled 30 centimeters of snow mm-hmm. off 40 feet of driveway. And he goes on. Everything, mm-hmm. he says, eventually, I think we'll all be metric. You know what it is? Let me just pause and say this. My kids mm-hmm. don't mix um, like we do. Like, I still yeah. say something is three feet. They all, they all think in meters. Well, mine still do. Like, especially, like, pounds, weight, they still reference pounds yeah i would say i i i never reference kilograms in in pounds Mm -hmm. uh he finishes by saying take care ian cass hundy p since voldemort another uh thank you to that Mm -hmm. wonderful happening bowel movements regular resting heart rate 64 and well done ian sorry sorry hi guys i will say hi guys when I was a kid growing up in Scarborough, before we adopted Celsius, 
or the metric system, uh, we used to say seven below. I used to use the word below. I remember that. Yeah, I never do. Yeah. I've never used that phrase. But that's that's 50 years ago, Howard. Mm-hmm. Anyway, here we Hi go. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Subject line is Howard okay from Jeremy Long. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. I've noticed every once in a while, the last couple of weeks, that Howard slurs a bit sometimes. Is it a mic thing? <laughs> Heart rate 60. Uh, bowel movements better. Stay strong. So you're slurring in Jeremy's deer. Um, maybe I do a couple things. I, I slurp my coffee, mm-hmm. and sometimes I'm uh, sucking on a lozenge, which a I lozenge? am now a lozenge. Yes, yes, okay. Because I have trouble clearing my throat. Uh-huh. But I don't think Jeremy sh- should be concerned if I'm slurring it because of a an impending stroke. Well, that's good. Yeah, because I had responded to Jeremy. I said, I'll ask Howard if he's had a stroke and I'll get back to you. And I didn't actually get back to him because I thought I would wait to, to, for today and just confirm that. So you haven't had a stroke. I haven't. <laughs> no. Okay. I'm not. Uh, All right. I have been stroking, but not in that manner. Uh, thank you, Jeremy. Your word for it. <laughs> All right. This is from Brad Hopper. There's a new name, I believe. Brad says, of course. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Because he's not an animal. Subject line, Dr. Howard, medical chat, and a proposal. He says, hi, guys. Just finished listening to the podcast while out walking with my dog this morning. I must say I particularly enjoyed the medical chat that followed Howard's story of tending to the older gentleman with the scalp laceration. Howard's story Mm -hmm. was further enhanced by Fred's contribution Regarding fingers lost and from input from a seemingly squirmy Dan Duran. I truly enjoyed the conversation that evolved during the chat and felt myself wanting to jump in and join the conversation at many points. And he goes on to say that he's an advanced care paramedic with 23 years of experience and has also been a full-time firefighter for the past 15 years. And um, I, he, he's basically saying that could, he could come on and share some stories. He's frequently asked about his experiences and, and such, and I can, I can only imagine how fascinating that would be. Hoping you think this may be a good idea. would love to chat further to see if it would be a good fit. What do you think? What do you think? Sure. Why not? He says, big fan of you guys and the content you're delivering via your shows. Thank you for that. Stay safe, fellas. We Brad Hopper. Shot. Yeah, Brad Hopper of Rosin, Ontario. And I'll tell you what I'm going to do right now. I'm going to send this to Toronto Mike and say, book this guy. Why not? Yeah, he might have some great stories. We love that stuff. He might be our, you know, the next Cam Woolley. There's <laughs> <laughs> a name I haven't heard for a while. That's right. Yeah. Cam Woolley. Did we ever have Cam on the show? I we must remember. have. We may have. We may have. All right. Uh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Here we go. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, subject line, Hi, happy guys. leap year day. This is from Brian Limburner. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. 
long-time listener here, found time to get into the podcast listening thing about two years ago and have been listening to you guys ever since. And yes, my drive to work was with you guys at 102.1. So glad to have found you two again. I had to laugh at the leap year discussion today, the part about working that extra day for free every four years brought back a memory. Probably 20 years ago, a fellow salary worker took his concern to HR. Their response, your current salary is based on 365 days and six hours per year. So that's how it works. And uh, enjoy your break, guys. Hugs from Lynn and high five from Brian. Uh, Lynn and Brian Limburner. And uh, yeah, that's earlier in the show. That's what I had read, too. That's that's what they do. Your work week is based on a few more hours, however they do it, to cover their ass there. So, well, you've got to think that, you know, Mm -hmm. if we're talking about it and I don't know that we've ever talked about it until this leap year, they've Mm -hmm. thought about that before. Yes. This couldn't be the first time it occurred to Big corporate mm-hmm. companies like, oh, mm-hmm. I wonder what we should do. I wonder how we'll mm-hmm. cover this extra mm-hmm. time every four years. Yeah. Oh, that that explains it right there. Like, of course. And if you're uh, if you're an hourly worker and a gig worker, then you're paid today for the hours. So everybody's happy. There you go. Everyone is happy. All right, let's move on Hi, here. Uh, this is my last Hi, one. Hi guys. Hi, guys. From our friend Big Blue. Subject line. Stop. He doesn't say hi, guys, but I think he means hi, guys. Hi, guys. He, uh, this is quite, he says, first off, the Dave Thomas interview was awesome. Thank you. Then he goes on to Dan Duran and the character Cockface. (laughs) (laughs) What I love about this is, this is from a grown person. Okay. Big Blue says Dan Duran and the character Cogface. This is somebody who was thinking about it. When this character was kicked around months ago, I believe the superhero would be disguised as a construction guy, like Dan uh, is with his renovation, wearing a tool belt. I believe he needed a superpower, which seemed obvious to me. Cogface went in pursuit of a bad guy and he would eject a white, sticky substance, which would freeze the perpetrator. Of course, the substance would be wood glue, which would tie into the construction guy. (laughs) And he goes on to say, sometimes I wonder if Dan thinks the Chinese (laughs) secret police are watching him based on his desire not to answer or participate in some of the conversations. You know what? I read that and I thought, you know, maybe it's us. You know, maybe it's you and me. Maybe people come on here and we think, hey, (laughs) you want to be part of this idiotic conversation? And the thing is, they don't. And we think something's wrong with them. Yeah. Uh, lastly, I'm curious as to how a non-sports guy is going to do a reading for a sports. He goes on more about Dan. Um, mm-hmm. Reading for a sports hockey player on stage. He might want to watch Letterkenny to get a sense of how the hockey players talk. Not like a news reporter. Then he finishes, mm-hmm. lol, Dan is an awesome addition to the show. Hundy P since 2013. BM's regular, resting heart rate 66. Loving you guys. West Coast Millman. Right on. Right on, West Coast. Appreciate. Very good. Thank you. Appreciate catching up. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Okay, the last one. Subject line, Blundell and the Doc. Uh, All right, and this is from Mark Shepard. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. 
I was uh, searching information on the rumored CFNY documentary and landed upon Dean Blundell's podcast. He and some other guy butcher Alan Cross and then go on and on about Dean being snubbed. They claim is the longest serving and best morning show in CFNY's history. Blundell should have been asked to be part of that documentary, but was not. My question is... As the actual best boarding show in CFNY history, will you be part of the documentary? Mark says, love the podcast. Love you guys. Uh, heart rate 71. Bowel movements frequent and sometimes accidental. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the worst, the accidental bowel movements. Uh, anyway, this is um, this is loaded with stuff. Uh, meanwhile, it's not a it's not a rumored documentary. The documentary is being made and apparently will be released in the fall. So that we know for sure. Uh, butchering Alan Cross, I don't know. I would have to hear it. I don't know why they would do that. Um, best morning show again subjective like really one man's sugar is another man's shit we know that um you know some people thought uh pete and geese was the best morning show ever some people think us some people think dean that's yeah. just the nature of the beast isn't it so. and as far as being snubbed i mean from what i understand because i, I mm-hmm. was actually surprised not somewhat surprised that I was included in it only because I wasn't there for most of the spirit of radio years. I was at the tail end of that sort of legacy of alternative radio. I said the call letters CFNY for not a very long time as it morphed from CFNY the spirit to CFNY the leading edge and finally the edge full stop around 1992. So when is this documentary? What years are is it covering? Well, I can address this because part of the the brain trust producing it and coordinating it is Ivor Hamilton. And I spoke to him again yesterday, and it's from the years 1977 to about 91. So Dean and whoever the other guy is, they can relax because this documentary doesn't even deal with that era. Like the documentary more or less ends 10 years i guess before dean even got there and and are we part of it yes we are but the reason we're part of it and just a very small portion is because we were there for um you know alternative rock right and then pop rock and then new rock well we were there for the transition but you know listen you can leave me out of this you absolutely should be in it mm-hmm. i, th- I yes. thought so because you were mm-hmm. there for all those years the spirit years the pete and geats years the fact that i was included really is only because i was there from 89 mm-hmm. uh to 91 i came back in 92 when it became the edge full time but i was there right. for that sort of murky time when they were they, you know i was brought in at the end is the point point. and you though if anyone deserves to be part of that it's you and the thing is, what this documentary is about, it was the f- crazy little station in Brampton where people would put rabbit ears up in tinfoil to listen to. And it was completely different than every other station. Well, by 1991 into 92, it became, you know, by then on the CN Tower. And, you know, alt rock sort of became new rock and it became mainstream. Well, the story was over because there was tons of stations like that in the 90s. Right. Everywhere there was new rock stations. The story, this documentary is about this unique 
one-of-a-kind radio station that existed in Brampton. And it's a great little story. Really, beyond 92, there isn't much of a story other than us becoming number one in uh, 97. Um, Actually, 95, but, to be clear. To be clear, we were okay, number, 95, number one. Okay, 95, whenever it was. No, but, but, we, but I, I know. Mm-hmm. But let me just say something I'm saying about Dean. Again, relax, yeah. Dean, because this thing is not about the radio station. It's about the particular time in yeah. radio where there yes. were no alternative radio stations. I, mean, I, mm-hmm. I don't completely buy what you said. We were, in the, from 1992 to 2001, the edge mm-hmm. was unique. In that market, there were no yes. radio stations like it. There were stations no. in North America, K Rock in LA, right. and another right. station in New York that were edge like. By the time Dean took over, the foundation of that new rock format yeah. was way was ten years on, and so Dean kind of inherited the morning mm-hmm. show from us. Give the guy credit; he had great ratings, and you know did a, a, a job, a controversial and and popular, mm-hmm. but. But this this documentary is not about that time. It's not about the radio station. It's about but, a, yeah. It's about the other station. Another thing we learned through our broadcasting careers, be it radio and television, ratings as well doesn't necessarily mean quality. I mean that's a whole separate entity. They're great. They bring money and everything, but over the years in Toronto, the highest rated stations were what. CHFI, CHFI, CBC, uh, Chum yeah. FM, CBC, yeah, I mean, AS, CBC, AM, and FM. Sort of milk toast radios, and we were pouring our guts into uh, the edge, you know, parody songs and all sorts of writing material and stuff like that. But again, the music that supported us just wasn't that accessible. So it was a tough job, but it was a fun job. And, uh, yeah, and I was wrong when I said I, I shouldn't yeah. have said it. it's not about that. Ra- it's about that radio mm-hmm. station in a particular time in that radio station's development. Absolutely, that didn't include and, uh, me very much, and absolutely, no. Dean shouldn't feel snubbed because it didn't no. include that era of of the. And you know what? Maybe Mm-mm. maybe somebody should. I mean, there's do a documentary about. When Dean took over and all the controversy, I'm, that's grand. But uh, that's not what this is. And I, I look, I remember the movie Pirate Radio. It yeah. was about a unique situation for radio. Well, that's what this is. So it's not, it's not 1977 to now. It's, it, you know, the story they're telling more or less ended in 91, 92. That's it. And, and I, and I mm-hmm. left just so 1991... Amid all the controversy around the format switching, I was offered a job to go to CKFM yeah. to work for Standard Radio. And I said to you, and I said to my wife, I said, I don't think uh-huh. I can do this. This is not what I came to Toronto to do in this kind of mm-hmm. college radio station atmosphere. And then 15 months later, I was back because the station changed. That era was over. It was firmly done. And when right. I came back, it was a completely new direction, pretty much the direction the station's been on ever since 1992. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm looking forward to it. what did you say when the documentary yeah. will be released? It's supposed to be done in the fall, uh, completed in the fall. So, yeah, same here. And uh, you and I, where did we go that day when they interviewed us? And it was just a small segment one day. We went to the um, legendary uh, rock room. Uh, the Elma Combo. Oh, was that it? Right. Yeah. Very cool. 
Uh, looking forward to it. In the meantime, uh, we've got Dan coming back here in a minute or two. And uh, we've got some people we need to uh, mention. Well, remember yesterday I said I'd look up the Toronto Maple Leafs and what's their current yeah. uh, odds on winning the Stanley Cup? Well, man, they've slipped since the beginning of the year. They were one of the favorites. Now I think they're 11, number 11 at plus one, uh, plus 1,400. And look at that. The Edmonton Oilers favorite right now, plus 700, followed by Florida, the Rangers, Vancouver, Colorado, Dallas, Boston, Winnipeg, Carolina, Vegas, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I call them the mid-pack uh, suck show. And I'll tell you, these odds exemplify that seven-game winning streak aside. But that's where we're at with that. Whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker, a casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook, and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book, we've been providing... Uh, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. That's Bodog. Had a good conversation with Mike Kazarian this week, one of the owner broker owners of Lenders Choice Mortgages. Independently owned and operated member of the Mortgage Alliance, license 135A2. The conversation included, you know, when to, when not to lock in your rates if your mortgage is coming due this year or next and you're sort of thinking to yourself well i've heard the bank of canada might be slashing their prime rate what should you do well you should have a conversation with mike because you might want to do a variable maybe you've never done that before or maybe you want to lock it in for a fixed rate of one year the the point of all of this is that an independent broker can do just that independently broker your mortgage renewal for you because they have access to so many different lenders. They shop around for you. They're your advocates. And they don't have any preference. Because they're acting on your behalf, their preference is to go to the lender that gives you the best rate that also makes the most sense for you to achieve your goals. Banks, credit unions, monoline lenders, alternative lenders, private lenders, they work with them all to find a solution for your mortgage financing needs. What can we say? Mike's a good guy. At least have a conversation because if your mortgage is coming due, you owe it to yourself to find out what your best options are. The Mortgage Alliance, Lenders Choice Mortgages, LendersChoice.ca. Uh, by the way, speaking of the spirit of radio in uh, 2016 Rush was inducted into the Hall of Fame after years and years of you know a lot of people in the music industry feeling they'd been snubbed and a buddy of mine on our little golf hockey chat that I'm on put up a clip it's about two minutes long of the actual induction ceremony and the announcer guy is saying and this year's inductees and mentioned uh, an old uh, blues uh, guitarist and he mentions Randy Newman and people politely applaud and then he gets all he says is this it's pretty cool it gives you chills when you see it all he says is and finally from Toronto and this room full of the most famous musicians in the world just erupts Freddie Mm-hmm. For a good couple of minutes, they're just Dave Grohl standing up with his arms in the air. He can't even get out the name of the band. Again, and it's, it's a really, really cool clip. 
even though it's uh, eight years old, whatever, I, uh, I found it fascinating because I hadn't seen it in a while, and it really does make you proud. Forget what you think about Rush as a band. It's pretty proud that this Canadian outfit means so much to so many of those musicians, you know? And let me underline the conversation we just had about CFNY in that documentary. And, uh, again, it just highlights the meaning of that time and what it meant and why they did a documentary about that time. David Marsden, my first program director, was program director of CFNY. He's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, there you go. He is because of his work as a disc jockey and his his reputation through the CFNY years being so unique. And he was gone by 88, 89, so. Oh, yeah. Well, you gone. Mm-hmm. I was hired in 1989. He had been gone for a bit. And here's another way, if I may take your underline. Can I double underline now? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Actually, I'd like to underline and then also magic mark it. Mm-hmm. Put an exclamation mark on it, too. Exactly. The, the whole point of that documentary is about a radio station that the band Rush wrote a song about. Right. They didn't write, you know, the edge of, you know. No. They didn't write the edge of no. Young and Shooter. No. They wrote the spirit of radio. Mm-hmm. By the way, Dan, did you hear the uh, big, uh, the, this whole email about you and working for the Chinese secret police and your superhero character Cockface and wondering about <laughs> wondering about how you're going to play how you're going to play a hockey player on stage when you know you've never really been inside of a dressing room and you don't know how hockey players talk and oh it's quite extensive I, think I missed a lot of that I heard I heard the cock the cockface part which yeah that that is definitely a role that's upcoming for me he also, but he ends it with saying, Dan is an awesome addition to the show. Well, very kind of him to say that, and I appreciate it. And it's great to be here as well, enjoying the humor and comedy that comes from you. Is it, is it 11 days yet? <laughs> I wonder if our buddy Rich Tunes would ever think about, you know, putting a little short together about Cockface. That would be no, interesting. That's, you know what? He's too classy what? for that shit. He's too classy for He's that. He would never do that. that. He would not be drawing shit. penises. He's not shit. putting a no. cock on, on a, a face, face. shooting no. wood glue out of his fucking dick face. No, He's not, not doing, doing that. It. Not doing it. Not, not doing, doing it. it. I don't even know why I brought it up or thought of it. He would never. He was... Uh, you, He's much above that. Dan just gave his little shot there. Is it been? Is it eleven days? Are you talking about the eleven days we have off? No, you said earlier that you wanted something. Every oh, something 11 every eleven days. days. Oh, right, right. Sorry, of, uh, how funny you are. Oh, no, yes, yes, yes. I want you to tell us how funny we are at least every eleven <laughs> every to thirteen 11 days. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Dan Duran. I wish I'd remembered that. <laughs> yeah, it's a long time no, it's ago. It's, a, it's reincorporation. That's a, that's a comedy callback. technique I've been taught. It's yeah. a callback, yeah. my friend. Oh, callback. Okay, it's, it's a callback. Well, what what the term reincorporation? No, kinda works well, yeah, it okay. does. But comedians say, well, yeah, you don't, yeah, you don't okay. hear comedians. Well, that that was quite the hilarious, humorous reincorporation there you did. Well, the smarter comics <laughs> say that, though. No, they don't. Uh, Dan, are you ready for the uh, news? Yeah, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. What the fuck was that? <laughs> I'm doing Fred now. Mm. Are you? Mm-hmm. 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 
<laughs> now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. <laughs> Dan Duran, the anger man comes As for credentials, he has none Can't tell a headline from his bum But his voice is nice and low Dan Duran, the anger man's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang, so he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live From his fancy pants dining room at the Duran Residence in Peterborough, Ontario. With news and views, here's movie anchorman, Daniel J. Gebert Duran. No drugs for you. Today seems to be the day that the federal government will announce a federal drug plan. Which is, you know, arguably a big hole in our medical system if you're uh, of the... Uh, the opinion that nobody should be disadvantaged by their health situation in our society. You know, the cost of drugs now are so substantial that it does make sense to have a, a pharmacy part of the uh, the uh, the drug or our health care plans. Anyway, without knowing what's in the package, knowing nothing about it, but just want to make a big uh, stink out of it is the uh, the Alberta premier, the wacko premier, saying that she will have nothing to do with this plan. She's already said no, knowing nothing about it. Why? I don't know. We're gonna, not going to allow Ottawa to pick and choose what coverage should be available to Albertans based on issues they find politically pal- palatable. That's the official mm-hmm. line from their uh, their health minister there. You know, it, it doesn't make any sense that they would do this. There's, there's other provinces. Quebec has said it intends to opt out of the program. Uh, Nova Scotia and New Brunswick are saying they're waiting for details, but you, which is the wise uh, stance to take. OK, well, let's see what you got. What, what are you guys at the federal level saying about this drug pan, plan? How much is going to be covered? What are the specifics about it? Before you make any decisions about anything, you just at least see what the deal is. Before you start saying you're not going to have anything to do with it. Anyway, it, it would be interesting to see how that's going to all play out. And uh, I think it's much needed in our healthcare system to have more access to, you know, life-saving drugs at a reasonable price for, you know, every Canadian citizen. Oh, thank you, Dan. Yeah, thank you, Dan. Mm-hmm. Dan, I have a question for you. <laughs> I have a question for you. Yeah. Why, okay. are you so, why are you so interested in saving people's lives? No, we have enough. <laughs> no, I, I'm serious. Like, don't we have enough people? Okay. You know, don't we have enough to go? We have enough. Here's what I think we have. I think we have enough people to go around. Mm-hmm. Really, we're topped out. We're tapped out. We're like, I, I don't think we need to worry uh, about. You know, uh, do we have enough people? I think we do. Have you ever been in traffic in Toronto? There's enough people there. <laughs> so you could. It's not you like do you're out a bunch of them. It's, it's yeah. not. It's not like you're driving into the city and you're thinking, hey, I wish there was more people on the roads. Mm-hmm. If only we had some life. If, if only we all had access to life-saving drugs. If only we did. Yes. I mean, you know, like as we get older, there's more and more people are you know in their retirement years, non-income I know, years. Right? I know, you know, but it takes money and lots of money and tax dollars, and you know yeah. they're not they're not at hand the way they should be or could be. You know, you've heard the the term uh, that ship has sailed. The train has left the station. A lot of these expensive programs needed to be instituted long ago because to jump on now is just so staggeringly expensive. It's tough. 
And again, these the way politics is now, people, you know, they take issues to, to play politics and not for the betterment of the people. And this is another example. I rest my case. Uh, so thank you, cases, Counselor, you don't think yes. we should have it? Oh, no, no. I think we ideally we should. But then there's, you know, then there's, you know, the real world. It's tough. Where does the money come from? <laughs> But there's also a point to be made where if you're if you have people who are healthy and working in our society as opposed mm-hmm. to in a hospital bed, there's yeah. more, uh, yeah. you know, there's more productivity in our society and therefore everybody benefits. So, yeah. well, yeah. There's okay. a balance. and, and, and yeah. it could come full circle to Dan's point. If we had more life saving drugs uh, access for people, then more people would then be paying taxes instead of dying. Mm-hmm. And therefore, we'd have more money for life-saving drugs. And then they'd need more drugs because they're living longer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, Hey, listen, guys, like so many things guys, nowadays, it, it all comes down to the do-re-mi. Okay, right. do-re-mi. Oh, you know, hey, okay, Paul Lind. <laughs> the do-re-mi. Okay, Paul Lind. <laughs> Fuck me. Fucking, All right. you know, can make me laugh. What you fucking your nineteen seventies? Nobody knows impression. who that is. I do, and if by lie, I'm the only one. You that, don't know who Paul Lynn. I, I know. The only, the only I person, know, but the only person that has to know is me. Kids, I don't know what's wrong with these kids today. <laughs> fucking stop, kids. I, okay. <laughs> so. Like uh, go ahead. kids these days don't know a lot of the pop culture references we have. I was just having a conversation with Lisa's two sons who are in their thirties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> whether they remember uh, Hee Haw, they know nothing. Don't know Hee Haw. Don't know Laugh In. Both oh, of those right. huge in our Why day. Why would they? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, true. But they know the Beatles songs. They yeah, know it's different. You know, like there's all kinds of pop culture references that they get but there's lots of things that they've missed over paul probably not but see to me the hilarity of him doing paul lynn is that nobody is going to know that voice i do um that's not that's not a reference that i would expect anyone else to get (laughs) except who can understand anything they say the the, the point is the fact that he still Mm -hmm. does it is what makes me laugh right okay well let's continue with comedy for one then well that's all that matters and you know what's yeah. beautiful? Anyone listening to this podcast going, Paul Lynn, what the fuck is that? In two seconds, they can Google it and then be entertained for the next well, half okay. a day. Yeah. Okay, so hang on a second. For two things. I don't know that it's beautiful, but <laughs> and certainly don't know if it's entertaining. Uh, we do have a lot. Dan, do you have a second story? Because I got a, we had a lot of stuff to cover before this show is done. Well, if, let's cover the other stuff there. I was just going to no, talk what? a little bit about whole, the, the whole leap year thing. If you wanted to know any information about the leap year, I've, I've got some information. Have we not exhausted the leap year? But okay, all right. With some leap year information, before he wraps up for the uh, next uh, week off, Dan Duran, ladies and gentlemen. Right. If you didn't know about the leap year, the reason is because we we have our... Our calendar doesn't compensate. Really, a year, a solar year, is three hundred sixty-five point two five days. Actually, two three sixty-five point two four two days long. So that's why we have the leap year. Mm. And every once in a while, we don't have a leap year. That's that's the thing that fascinated me. And we've lived through years without leap years. And I didn't, it passed me by. I didn't even notice. And if we didn't have leap years, eventually summer would be in November and on and on and on. But what was the last year we didn't have a leap year, Dan? Was it 2000 or, or, or? 
Uh, I, you know, I don't have that. Dan doesn't have that research done. Okay, but it was a, in our lifetimes, a few times, there, you know, when we're due for a leap year, we don't have one because it's so calculated. So it leaps over. We, we, the leap year leaps. Yeah. There was Le- no leap year in leaping. 1700, 1800, oh my and 1900. So Dan, 2000 we, did have one. Dan, hang on a second. Yeah. So in 1800, when there was no leap year, what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> I went out. He put, I, I protested. He put new buckles on his shoes. That's right. Dan, in those days, Dan said, you know, instead of the ship has sailed, it's like, the donkey has left the barn, Marvin. <laughs> um, yeah. All right, Dan. Uh, there's a couple things we need to get to. One of them is, uh, you know, and oftentimes we like to finish off a, a fun show with some angry... <laughs> with some... Angry Trump rage. By the way, before I do that, though, do you have any more uh, uh, yes, sponsors? Well, before you do your sponsors, Mr. Man, here's uh, this message. For my last email, we are on board. Looking for a fast break from working so hard? When you're ready to box out some time for fun, you know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. We make getting the latest basketball odds and free sports tips a slam dunk. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. And uh, the Fred man, let me just get you some, uh, let me get you some more of a spirit of radio. Here's uh, Freddie talking about, I like the way this starts. Here we go. Go ahead. Tim Niblett is a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Uh, uh, you heard Jay Bondy was on this week. He's uh, Sherpa, too, talking about, you know, retirement planning projections, you know, setting goals and everything. Uh, listen, if you already have a portfolio and you want somebody to have a second look of it, uh, look at it, because often it's like, boy, is this performing to the level that I need it to be or it should be? They will have a look, Tim or Jay, and they'll let you know. Whether you're on track or not, no strings attached, no obligations. They're more than happy to have a look. RetirementSherpa.ca Don't, don't. Yeah, so oftentimes, um, you know, the show will end and we get onto something, you know, semi-Trumpy. And uh, we're going to talk to uh, Toronto Mike here in a second. But first, I wanted to uh, play this clip. There was a show called Modern Family, which I really liked, really funny, well-written. And then, of course, everyone remembers, uh, included this actor, uh, Ed O'Neill, who is also uh, the guy from Married with Children, which we all loved back in the day. And uh, here's Ed O'Neill telling his story, Dan and Fred and Mike, about just what kind of, uh, just what kind of guy... Donald Trump is. This hole of one of his golf courses, I don't know the name of it, on the Potomac River, right? He's got a plaque that he's quoted on the plaque as saying this is where the uh, Blood River battle took place. And I, I'm proud to honor both North and South soldiers who fought here on this historic spot where so many lost their lives that this Potomac River became red with blood and signed it, uh, Donald John Trump. Only one problem. There was never any such battle. <laughs> he made it up. <laughs> now, David, what kind of a man would do that? You know what I'm saying? I mean, 
it's the smallest things that tip you off as to this guy is nuts. <laughs> and it kind of goes to uh, mm-hmm. what I've said about him, what you've said about, you know, he doesn't apparently understand that people can just Google shit. Mm-hmm. You can just look it up. But in his world, he can just say whatever he wants. It's just something else. Yummo. And, you know, people, all his followers and all his sycophants, they, they have a- easy access to all that information, what's true and what is not, what he's bullshitted about. And he still thrives. And, so, you know, something, even a story just like that one, 30, 40 years ago, could have brought a guy down in politics. Yep, it could have. You know, just that alone. Well, it's like my bit when I say it used to be uh, that a politician couldn't rape somebody and still get elected. Mm -hmm. You know, they had a, uh, I don't want to get into this because it's too complicated, but the Supreme Court basically ruled yesterday that they would hear, uh, they would have a hearing on whether or not this Mm -hmm. fucking wingnut can claim immunity from Mm -hmm. prosecution. The The problem with it is, the, these hearings going to be in April. By the time mm-hmm. it all gets sorted out, it's going to delay the obstruction of justice case that Jack Smith and blah, 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 blah. Um, and Trump probably won't go to trial for the most of all the different things right. he's on been mm-hmm. indicted for. This is the one election tampering, the Georgia mm-hmm. case, all that stuff. It's going to delay it probably until after the election. And then it's just going to go away. Yeah, I know. It's sad. It is sad. Yeah. Back to and, Fred's and, point. Okay. Oh, no, no. One other one I, I was just going to make, you know, in Trump and all his cronies and sycophants and whatever you want to call them, maggots, they talk about, you know, weaponizing the Justice Department and everything. Look at that Supreme Court. It's corrupt. The only reason they're doing that is because there's six to three Republican. And he put three of them on there. That's why. That's the only yeah, reason. And, they're doing and the other uh, they're helping him out. And the other one, the fourth one is Clarence Thomas, whose wife was part of the fucking insurrection movement. Dan, what no. was your... What did you want to say about Fred's point? Well, back to Fred's point about they can just Google it or they see the, the, you know, the truth is really close Yeah, to I hand. said that. But mm-hmm. don't... Oh, you just said that? I'm sorry. I apologize. It's been 11 days already? You're so close. I just said that. I, I just said, said you... No, yeah. I, just, I just said it. You can Google it. I said they can just Google it. <laughs> okay. Okay, yeah, Google it. Well, okay. I said that too. I guess I didn't hear you say it. I just fucking said it. As soon as the clip was over, as soon as the clip was over, I said, it's crazy. These people, they, 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 they can just Google yeah, right, it. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, right. Okay. So you, Fuck you, you and your 11 right. days, Dan. Fuck. <laughs> Here's, it's, I'll tell you what, it's not been 11 seconds since, since you made another huge error. <laughs> Here's the point though is that in the propaganda brain uh, the genius brain that is implanted in in this way in donald trump is that he's already set the stage for doubting every single source that's not him yeah Mm -hmm. so you know the corrupt media you know we're so if if you challenge anybody they'll go well where did you get that information well the group the media is corrupt or you know well you know how do you know that guy's right so the the doubts there so you know know. you can google a blood red river whatever and you know doesn't matter because i know if it proves him wrong then it's true well you know we we can't just sit here having the uh, giant brain that is toronto mike our producer and host of the toronto mike podcast and what does uh he have to say about all of the uh the news of the day here he is everybody 
Hey, one little thing. How's it going, guys? One little thing about like kids today and how they learn about hee-haw and laughing. So in my experience, it's uh, The Simpsons. So kids today will mm-hmm. on demand just watch The Simpsons. And Simpsons will parody these things. And I know with my kids, they get curious what the hell they're parodying. And then I realized when I was like a teenager, I learned about like Citizen Kane and things like that because The Simpsons would parody it. And then I'd go find out the source material. That's right. So Uncle Fred opened the door to Paul Lynn today. I feel proud. Right. Who's been sent up on The Simpsons, you know, a dozen times. So I know. Oh, has Paul he really? Yeah. yeah. What I tried to explain to Dan, though, is what I, when I, when Fred does that, why it makes me laugh is because even if nobody else would get that that's Paul Lynn, it la- I, again, having to explain humor to Dan, why it's funny on... <laughs> It's funny on several levels. One of the levels it's funny on is, for me, what Fred coming up with the Paul Lind reference is just, I, I find that, it makes me laugh. It's like, fuck, dude, could you go back further? You know, where's your, where's your fucking uh, slappy Carmichael I reference? What about, I can go back further. How about Tarzan? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We spent some time this week talking about fucking Tarzan movies. And uh, and then, so that makes me laugh. And then the other level that makes me laugh is I'm thinking, there's nobody fucking listening that other than me and a few people our age that'll get it. Anyway, mm. I, I'm, you know what, Dan? Mm. This whole show yeah. has been tedious trying to get you to understand <laughs> what humor is after all these fucking years. By the way, I've got uh, CP24 on in front of me here. You know what they just did? They marched a few people through the studio. That were born on February 29th. Oh, did they? And the, I think the whole bit, how old are you? I'm how old are you? I'm <laughs> six. <laughs> and that's, this is why we're needed, Dan, because we're here yes. to parody that shit. Mm-hmm. You imagine right. that meeting? Hey, I don't know. What are we going to do on Thursday? I know. Let's get some people that are really 30, but they say they're sick. Ha <laughs> 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 Fuck. Meanwhile, if Fred and I were in that meeting, we'd say, I've got a better idea. Why don't we get a guy named Paul Lind to come in here and we'll call him cock we'll call him cockface for two hours. <laughs> two fucking hours. <laughs> That's our bit. <laughs> hey guys, what are you gonna do for leap year? Well, we're gonna talk about Paul Lind and then we're gonna yell cockface for about an hour and fifty. <laughs> fucking and then we'll go to commercial. Yes. You fuckers. <laughs> Hello, Mike. Speaking of generational things, so we talked about the metric system. So they introduced yeah. that in this country in 1975. So there's a demarcation line. Like, if you're in school before 75, I think that's, like, you carry that the rest of your life that you were oh, in. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, like, I started school after 75. So I will say I do uh, height and weight in Imperial, that yeah. Dan said there, or whoever wrote that note said, but... Um, it's because of sports. Like whenever I would grow up watching sports, they'd be like, mm-hmm. "Oh, this guy's you know six four two twenty. Like sports, especially boxing, but all sports goes in weight, you know, pound mm-hmm. and height. So that's how I relate to weight and height because of athletes. So you're saying before 1975 or after? So Dan, what about 1875? Were you still using <laughs> sheaves of wheat to count things like the, how many? <laughs> how high was a stack of hay? Mm-hmm. That type of thing. Um, yeah, exactly. You've got it. You know, sorry, it was three stacks of hay high or something. <clears throat> yeah, it's uh, pre-slide th- rule days, right yes, there. Right. Yeah, I think yeah. our generation were mixed because kilometers were forced upon us, and liters were sort of forced upon us. Right. Right. 
like your day-to-day you know monetary interest deals with oh you had to learn what a liter was based on the price of gas and you had to learn you know what a distance was and and kilometers because of the highways but the other stuff we never we never latched on to us old guys but temperature you latched on right like when you say 85 in the pool i actually not sure like i feel like that's in mm. its 20s but i don't really know what 85 is but uh, no but i i did agree with that because i had a pool for uh, quite some times and, yeah. and even though i think completely in celsius yeah when i when you take the the temperature of a pool it's always in fahrenheit or at least was at yeah, my place. same here i even now it's like my pool is like 81 degrees today but if I'm more if the weather, it's going to oh, it's going to be 28 tomorrow. Yeah. Right. Explain what, that. What if on that day it wasn't 81 like it was 83? What would you do then? Would you take, say it was? Uh, I don't know. Would you say it was 83 or just always 81? I don't know. <laughs> I know one thing about my kids. So both of my daughters and I spent hours and hours and hours in the pool. Greatest money I ever spent. Mm-hmm. For 10 years, I had that pool. And unless it read 85, my ex-wife never went in it. Oh, mm-hmm. Never. Yeah. Like, well, if it was 79 or 80, we'd be like, oh, it's too cold, it's too cold. But once in a while, we'd get that thing up to 85, which was very expensive. And uh, then she would go in. Funny story on that point. Geets, Romo from Pete and Geets, once told a story. He put a pool in the backyard. His wife was the same way, and she used to run at about 90. Ooh. And he would say to her, like, oh, come on, this is costing us a fortune. So one day he came home, it was like, 95 degrees or some outrageous thing she had cranked it up to so we went and got a bunch of vegetables and started cutting them up and putting them in the pool oh that's funny (laughs) that's very good and i could see him doing that oh yeah that was the point he was making we ran into geats for you uh cfny people we freddie and i were at a a dinner last summer for um may pots yeah honoring may pots as a outstanding broadcaster and mm-hmm. we sat at the table with Geats and his wife. It was a very pleasant evening. Very, Bar. all sorts of Bar. pleasantries. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which brings us back to the CFNY doc. And I'll just say, uh, it would take minimal research, like minimal effort to learn what this documentary was about. Mm-hmm. So to go off on a doc, which clearly has been stated by, you know, Alan Cross and everybody very publicly, it's going to end in the early 90s. It's the spirit of radio days to the early 90s. You'd understand, you know, why why, uh, they only have people who are on the station in that era on the documentary. Why would they beat up on Alan Cross through that? He's just put a lot of work into it. It's a passion Uh, for him. Same with Ivor. Anyway. Well, I think it's because... um, he had Alan Cross as a program director and did not enjoy that. Oh, okay. Oh, that was part of his uh, rant. Well, you know, it goes to what I'm about to tell you, which is information and disinformation. People cherry pick mm-hmm. what they yes. want to believe mm-hmm. to make their point. And not to get too Hamasi on you, but there's a story I just got to tell you. There's a, uh, something on right now called the World Athletics Indoor Championships. Okay. Dan, it's in Glasgow, Scotland. And uh, I could play you a clip of a bunch of pro Palestinians freaking out at the entrance to this championship, Dan, yelling about Hamas and Israel. And they're, they're angry. But here's the weird thing of this story no athletes from Israel are competing. 
But the organizers of this demonstration are angry that they weren't banned from doing so anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. That's a Dan. That's a true story. They're That's so, just weird. These people are yeah. so fucking. They're so they're they're saying pro Palestinian friends from the sea, and then but they but so they said well the no Israelis were here yeah but you should have banned them anyway. <laughs> Even though they weren't coming, you must yeah. ban them. So that's the level of wokeism. Oh. See, that's what that's yeah. when wokeism starts to fucking eat itself. Yep. It wasn't enough that those Israeli athletes weren't competing. They, sh- they the organizers needed to make a statement that the uh, that if there were going to be, even though there weren't, they were going to ban them anyway. Yeah, well, there's a definite frustration out there that's and it gets misplaced, and there's no excuse for that. I mean, it should be thought through. Like you know, if you're going to protest about this, have it make it an intelligent, an intelligent plea to to the the world or whatever however you're protesting it not this stupid stuff because that gets in the way of what the real point is yeah which is you know too many people are dying there right so anyway no i get it yep that's where we're at so um this week that's where we're at but that's where we're at that's where we're at um listen we're we're we're, we're taking uh dan duran's coming to visit mexico the mexicans are very excited uh, very, uh, it's a, it's an emotional time for Mexico. I can't wait to uh, go to the Cancun airport and try and find you amongst the chaos, and then have you <laughs> drive down the three hundred seven, heading uh, south toward Playa del Carmen, and then you look around and you know I can't just I just I'm just looking forward for me mm-hmm. to hear Dan Duran's impressions of what he sees and what he hears and feels. Is the uh, is a Cancun airport a really busy airport? Yeah, it's very big. It is it's very very big. Which, well, Can- stuff, right? Cancun is one of the busiest tourist spots in all of Mexico. In fact, in all of the world, it's a it's a huge it's a Ford terminal, Dan. Ford terminal. Oh, so, really? Yes, brother. Wow. Which is why it's important. I'm not even sure your airline, Farm Air or Bar- Barnstormer Airlines, even. <laughs> Uh, it may not even land. Yeah, I got yeah. a good deal, though. Dan got on this cheapo airline that's not even. Maybe it doesn't right. even land in Cancun. What? What is the um, the airline? I believe it's WestJet. At least one direction. It's WestJet. And the other yeah, direction is direction. just a guy mm. who has a plane, <laughs> a crop duster. It's a crop duster. A guy. Dan's, he told Dan to bring a scarf and some goggles. <laughs> Did you have to pay extra for your deck? No. <laughs> No, no, that's not a surcharge that's just yet. That's, that's coming up, I'm sure. That's his carry-on luggage. That's his carry-on. Yeah, they got to weigh his dick. Mike, is there anything else you wanted to add? Oh, just uh, Mr. Uh, was it Brad Hopper, who's a future guest on Humble and Fred? I've reached out to Brad Hopper, but Brad Hopper's the guy who, went, who said I booked this dick filler guy. He called me out for booking <laughs> no, the dick filler. I feel I need to clear my good name that no, I did. We, no, you did it. We blamed you. Yep, you did no, it. No, I heard, I heard that. So. <laughs> was that the same I guy? Like well, the same guy, yeah. He wrote you uh, multiple emails. One oh, okay. to say uh, Boone booked a shitty dick filler guy. and uh, <laughs> It was. It was just filler. It was dick filler. Right. <laughs> Whose idea? That was yours, wasn't it, Howard? Let's be honest. Yeah. And yes. I, I totally endorsed it because I thought there's potential there. It wasn't. It was. And I like Dick Talk on your show, and I thought it was a good chance. And I didn't think he was so bad. I mean, yes, he did no. do that long-winded uh, like right. bio, but you know, he's a busy man. He's got lots of dicks to fill. A lot yeah. of dicks. To, you know what? There's not enough time in the day. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but before we leave, we also wanted to mention that while we're gone. 
I, I guess is today the day we have an episode of uh, Aging with Energy? It's the first Thursday of every month, so next Thursday. So All next right. Thursday? Yes. Yeah, first Thursday of every month. And Which I, one I, is it? The, is it car rental or Airbnb that's going to drop? I think it's, is it car rental first or Airbnb okay. first? Okay, well, I'll, I'll need 25 seconds. To no, it doesn't matter. It, 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 it does, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And I, what I, what I, I've been, I got a clip from, I've, part of this is by way of introducing to those of you who have never tried our Aging with Energy uh, Old Guys Travel Show. And you're wondering, like, what's it like? Is it like the Humble and Fred show? Is it a complete departure? And what I thought we would do, uh, Freddie and I thought we would do, is introduce you to a clip from a recent episode of Aging with Energy, just to give you a flavor. And, and you tell us uh, if you think this is similar to our regular show or does it sound completely different? It's ridiculous. Anyway, it was a bit of a cluster F. At the, at the, anyway, the guy makes me feel bad and I start second-guessing second myself at the, at the counter and I'm thinking, I've never heard this about using Expedia or sell-off vacations or whatever to rent a car. So all of a sudden, my trip starts with this unsettled feeling. Yes, about the car and the insurance. Just for a second there, it sounded like you said, I started sucking myself. <laughs> I'm thinking, well, that's a bit aggressive <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the rental car company. Well, that's after I got the rental and pulled, <laughs> and pulled in behind a factory. <laughs> Just imagine this guy at the rental car counter, and he's upset about something. <laughs> the next thing you know, he starts sucking himself. <laughs> like, wow, sir. Okay, okay. You don't have to pay extra. Stop it. <laughs> anyway. So... Although you do, do save on that Mexican Chevrolet because it's powered by Mexican jumping beans, right? So yes, that's right. Well, gas. that's it. There's no yeah. gas. You just and, and it's interesting too because what I hear when I drive, I hear someone say Andre, Andre, Arriba, Arriba. <laughs> and uh, maybe maybe next time, what you'll do is teach me that trick when they give me guff at the rental car. I'll just start sucking myself. <laughs> So as you can see, well, there you go. There's another episode of the stupid show. Expedia is going to want to sponsor that. Yeah. So so there you go. It's a complete departure from the Humble and Fred show. Dan, look at Dan's. And Dan didn't even crack a smile. Didn't even smile. Didn't even crack a fucking smile. You know, and maybe it's not funny, but it is it it like at least not even. Was it even mirthful? Dan, I, Boone, I saw uh, Boone, Boone, Boone smiled. Boone smiled. Boone smiled. Had a bit of a chuckle. Didn't, yeah, I don't Dan just looked off in space, wondering smiled. what has become of his, oh, his hallowed career. Yeah. What's great is Fred censors himself off the top. He says cluster F. Well, because I'm thinking this is a different kind right. of podcast, and they're just talking about sucking himself off. So <laughs> I got to tell you, I've I've edited that clip. I've heard that clip oh. half a dozen times. And to me, it makes me laugh the idea that this guy at the rental car company is having trouble with Fred. And then Fred's like, well, yeah, I'll show you and starts sucking himself off. That just made me laugh. Dan, on the other hand, was just looking off in the distance, thinking about what was going to happen at the Theater Guild of Peterborough later that day. (laughs) When will I get to do my real job working on the box office? For Fiddler on the Roof. (laughs) 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 
<laughs> you, you set Fred off there. Oh, I did. Working yeah. on the box office. <laughs> well, I will have to take care of the box office staff because they are very tardy in answering the phone. <laughs> Meanwhile, this guy is sucking himself off at a rental car counter. Dad can't even laugh. <laughs> Me, Dan would. Dan wishes we would have got somebody on the show today who is a leap here baby. <laughs> parade <laughs> them across. Parade them around and say, "So you're 53, but you're really only seven <laughs> All right. All right. All right. All right, Dan. You know what? If you know what? Only people thought we were yeah. we were as funny if as only we they did. did. If only. You only. know what's sad? Maybe Dan represents the actual people that are listening. They're just looking in the fucking looking around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Waiting, I waiting know. for a new episode of Smartless to drop. Howard, may I promote an episode I'm recording Tuesday morning, or maybe Tuesday afternoon? Now that I think about it, but you, can you I just can. you can if you do? Uh, remember, you're supposed to tell us how we're funny every 11 to 13 days. <laughs> I can beat that. I'm just letting everyone know, since we talked a lot about CFNY and the spirit of radio today, that uh, David Marsden is going to be in the basement here on uh, Tuesday afternoon. Uh, he wants to come back to celebrate his birthday, and we're going to get more Marsden stories. So that's Tuesday. Uh, you know, and that's great because David, um, during COVID, like he, I don't think he left his condo for like three years or something I had heard. Right. And, you know, annually, those who love him and respect him hold a little birthday celebration. And he hadn't had it for the past couple of years, so I, I'm wondering whether they're going to do that again. But you've asked him about being part of the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, have you not? Yeah, like his initial visit, we, we, we yeah. covered everything, yeah. Okay, right on. He's a good man. Well, that's Tuesday. David Mars in mm-hmm. Toronto Miked. Yep. He's a good fella. Love Davey. Right on. That's all. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just <laughs> filling the silence. You know, there's nothing wrong with little silence on this program. I'm just contemplating, nope. you know, should we wrap it up or <laughs> let Dan air out a few things? Uh, Dan, are you, um, I, again, I hate to put you on the spot because I know you don't like to be prepared and everything written on the prompter, but are you, in fact, looking forward to visiting somebody you know, Howard Glassman, for 50 years? Uh, do you remember me at all, by the way? Is there any memory, sense memory of us and our times together, places we've I'm been? I'm looking... I'm certainly looking forward to the the whole experience. You were talking about scuba diving. I'm really looking forward to that. You yeah. know, when you when you plan something, uh, you know, the anticipation starts to build. You get the closer you get to it. And you know, I'm thinking about all the things now about packing and getting you know whatever stuff I need out of storage for you know traveling to warmer climes. All that stuff's going through my head right now. Well, I would tell you this: you don't need to bring any fancy clothes because we're got, we're not going anywhere. Nowhere around here do you have to wear anything fancy. I wear shorts everywhere. I wear T-shirts all the time. Mm -hmm. Same here. I haven't had a pair of pants on in weeks. Um, (laughs) I've had shorts on. Um, I can't wait to find out what the gesture is going to be. You know, that nice little gesture for you hosting him for the week. But maybe he's going to bring you a little gift or a trinket or something, you know. or That's what I'm looking forward to. You mean I was supposed to bring that down? Well, from Canada? No, what? No, whatever. Just whatever gesture will be. A gesture, a gesture of yeah, appreciation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got yeah. it. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, if you I want can to phone me later. I can yeah. give you some ideas. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so, good. Uh, Fred will have. Uh, uh, he has a he has a whole idea of gesture ideas. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Dan will be here on Tuesday. We'll be uh, back on Monday. What is that date? Uh, the sixth or fifth? 
That is the eleventh. Uh, That's what I meant. Uh, the eleventh yeah. of March. Fred and I will be back as March will. We'll be talking about coming in like a lamb, going in like a lion. You know, right. listening to Dan struggle to come up with a Carla Collins story yesterday, which was great. You know, Dan, give us a story from those years with Carla Collins. And then I realized listening, like, Dan would be a lousy Toronto Mike guest. Like, there's a reason this isn't happening, because he can't remember anything. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Yeah, right, let's Dan. go with that. Yeah, <laughs> Let's good. go with that. <laughs> you know, Dan, it's, uh, not, yeah. it's not fair to Dan. Dan, you know, Dan, given the right circumstances, you get him some tequila, you get him a nice big joint and a shrimp ring. And that fella will tell you some <laughs> That fella will tell you some stories. Okay, my brothers? Yeah. That shrimp ring's really important there, yeah. Uh, for everyone else, uh, thanks for uh, your listenings. Uh, we'll be back on the 11th of March. Uh, Dan Duran and I will be both live from this dining room table I'm sitting at in Mexico. Fred's continuing the Dominican. Fantastic episode of Toronto Mike'd with uh, David Marsden. And uh, I think that's about it. Right on. That says it all. Everyone enjoy yourself. And don't forget to tell us how funny we are. (laughs) (laughs) On the 11th. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, Bodog, and Lender's Choice Mortgages. For contests and comments, we read all of our emails, Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. So tell us what you think. And you can subscribe, you can tell friends about the podcast, maybe rate a podcast or two. That would be great for us. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, having Howard humor explaining to you makes life better. Mm. As Fred says, sucking it. Now go out and enjoy every goddamn day. A place we saw the lights turn low. The jigsaw jazz in the get fresh flow. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts. Two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans that just clap your hands or just clap your hands. Where's that?